All right, all right, all right. Quiet on set, quiet on set. Everyone's here for Stephen tonight's Pacific Rim Uprising. Great, perfect. We're going live in three, two, one. Action! Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of Film Forge, a bi-weekly podcast where we take poorly scored films and try to either tweak to improve or scrap entirely and uh, just let our imaginations run wild and pitch our own plot. Uh, this week, we are going to go over the sequel to Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising was directed by Stephen DeKnight uh, and stars John Boyega, Scott Eastwood, uh, Carly Spamey, and uh, Charlie Day. Uprising scored 5.6 on IMDb, 43% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 44% on Metacritic, but has an 81% audience rating. Uh, Uprising, unfortunately, is not streaming anywhere right now. You will have to rent it. Uh, Uprising follows the story of Jake Pentecost, a once-promising Jaeger pilot whose legendary father gave his life to secure humanity's victory against the monstrous kaiju. Jake has since abandoned his training only to become caught up in a criminal underworld. But when an even more unstoppable threat is unleashed to tear through the cities and bring the world to its knees, Jake is given one last chance by his estranged sister, Mako Mori, to live up to his father's legacy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Film Forge. As always, I am T. I'm Jeff Sitz. And I'm PK. And you guys are going to listen to me rant for a moment. We are not a movie review podcast, but for the next 8 to 12 minutes we are going to be, because I have things to say about this film. Well, I think review is too strong of a word. I think um, movie critique podcast is better because all we're going to be doing is criticizing this one right now well could we be slam comics like you know like like def jam comics from like the 1990s (laughs) how bad is it (laughs) (laughs) this movie was so bad that it should have never got a sequel all right but so i've got things to say so first and foremost this backstory of that Compose myself. We are live. I can't say bad words quite yet. This will probably get an explicit tag. I think the show has an explicit tag, so you're allowed to just say whatever you want. Fuck John Boyega's character. And here's why. I love John Boyega. He's a great actor. He did a great job with making him the son of Idris Elba, but was never mentioned in the first film, made absolutely zero sense. You know what what you did was, hey, there was a black man in the first movie. We just cast a black man. Of course, they're related. He didn't need huh? to be related. For no absolute... Mako was the child of Idris Elba. Point blank period. That was established in the first film. It was a great backstory. It was beautiful. It was touching. We got to see her in the sequel. Fantastic. What the hell was the point of making John Boyega the son? Well, it yeah, made no. zero sense. Also, to build off of yeah, that real ahead. quick, John Boyega's character would have been like a hundred times better if there was no relation to Idris Elba's character in the first one. If he was just a completely story wise, it didn't make any sense. It didn't yeah. benefit anything. Well, no, and the thing is, if he was like the bastard child of Idris Elba's. Like character, whatever, but he was like full on in the military. Like, <laughs> there's still really well known military personnel known to be his son. Did they just all agree that he was dead to him and not actually dead, <laughs> by the way? Like, he was like, 
your dad loved you the entire time. Then why did nobody mention him? <laughs> there wasn't photo. Who's like, oh, don't worry. They show a photo once of the three of them together, but it's not showed in the what? Not in the original. And that's just it. Like, and also like he's like he has troubles trusting her. Like from the first one, I was like, well, yeah, I guess you could kind of make the connection that maybe that has to do with his son. But also, they grew. They said they grew up with each other, so that doesn't make sense. So, like, none of it made sense. It was really bad. When I saw that it was called Pacific Rim Uprising, and I saw John Boyega's casting, my brain immediately went with, ah, yes, the logical answer to this is a prequel. When I didn't see the original characters, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. A prequel would be really good because he was a war hero, and he was young. And, like, yeah, let's totally do it. I would love to see how uh, Idris Elba became who he was. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We've decided that what if Charlie Day was both the good guy and the bad guy this time around? All right, hold on. So I'll get to that in a moment because I've got words said. But first off, continuity arrows. First, so realistically, the kaiju never broke past the shorelines of any city they attacked. Arguably, I'm sure they got into some distance. But to open up and say coastline cities are still damaged 10 years later doesn't make any sense. Because that would have been the only places affected, so they would be the only places being aid. Secondly, there is a known black market, and you're telling me there are still kaiju remains on this coastline that have never been claimed? Doesn't make any type of sense whatsoever, because Ron Perlman's character, are you telling me Ron Perlman was the only black market dealer of kaiju? Wild to think, also wrong. Um, and and let's, let's go ahead and just take that one step further. Um... <laughs> I still have one more complaint oh, with please, the intro. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. go. Keep going. Keep going. All right. So, and then we have, um, what's what's the girl? Uh, Kaylee Spayman. There's Spamey's character, the 12-year-old, who is the one who magically figures out how to man a one-person Jaeger without completely killing... First off, she had no background to be capable of making a Jaeger. Secondly, to be the one to figure out how to have a one-man Jaeger, and then for have this bullshit piece together jaeger be the one that saves the day at the i do want to argue against that real the quick writing of the intro of this film was garbage oh i know I, I do want to argue against that one real quick um can't remember the actresses or character's name but the one you were just talking about the the 12 year old girl 13 year old girl the junker um, i am i am fine with her being a prodigy and being able to construct a jaeger Especially since, as far as I'm concerned, the only Amara reason by Kaylee Spaney. The as far as I'm concerned, the only reason her Jaeger was able to be piloted by one person was because of how small it was, and the only reason they didn't do that prior is because smaller Jaegers wouldn't be useful for fighting kaiju, especially not in an ocean where they right. they would just drown. So I'm still, I'm still with you that her. Jaeger should not have been the one to save the day in the end because that was kind of bogus. But the other bits, suspending disbelief a little bit because you have to with an action movie like this, I can I can accept that she is a prodigy and I can accept that her Jaeger is pr- essentially a glorified Hulkbuster Iron Man suit. Yeah, that's putting it nicely. Um, also... Th- she that one lady, the the daughter didn't look ten years older. Um, also, if this was ten years later, 
statistically, John Boyega's character should now also be the age of Idris Elba from the first movie. Right. So why does he look like he's also 25? Like, that means he was 15, but he went through the military at, like, (laughs) 20-something. So you're telling me, like, if if your timeline works, you're going to tell me John Boyega's 30. He's not in this movie based off what I was able to piece together. That would mean that John Boyega leaves and then the just the second that happens the rest <laughs> of the movie picks up from the first movie nope nope and this is a little tangent that i hate that directors do in movies because of the times just like in black panther when they did the what are those it times the movie so forth when john boyega does the salt bay with the sprinkles it makes me angry because <laughs> a very like people are going to watch that in the future. Like kids are going to watch that in the future at some point. Like what, why is this such an iconic scene? And it's not even a good meme. Like what? I, I hate those little hey, things. Salt that, Bay like, was a great it, meme. It, this will be appreciated, but it's not, it times the movie in such a poor manner. No, see, I'm so out of touch that I was confused by that. Watching it just last week. <laughs> Look, this movie didn't is not going to age well. It already hasn't aged well. And again, we we talked a little bit about this off screen, and you you've kind of told me why. But like the idea that they were like, "Hey, we couldn't get the original actor, but we're still going to go ahead with this movie. We're just going to create like some bullshit <laughs> script." Why? So I, what I want to know is, was he supposed to be John Boyega's character? And they were just like, well, let's so, just do the same character. But like, what if he was... So from was my understanding and what I think is the intro of this film is so out of place. I feel like Charlie Hunnam was supposed to come back and be our hero again. I think he was supposed to be this retired... I'm out of the game, just much like the original, but like he's actually retired. He saved the world. He's he can he can retire and be at peace. I I don't know this. I'm completely spitballing here. I feel like the essence of the story was Charlie Hunnam should was going to come back and be a teacher, but it was going to be one of those like I don't want to do this, but I will do it. But the intro that John Boy, it, it doesn't fit with the rest of the film. Like, even the shots and the coloring of the intro when John Boyega is on the run, living in this dystopian future that doesn't... It, it seems so out of place. It seemed like, hey, we're going to have Charlie Hunnam. It didn't happen. They did the shooting from Act 2 on and then finish up Act 1 later on when they had to rewrite an intro for this character. Yeah, it wasn't great. Can we also talk about the fact that, like, yes, it's been 10 years since the last kaiju. Why are we still living in any kind of dystopia? Because you've had 10 years to rebuild. Like, there's no reason any coastal city would not have received the aid. You can build kaiju, and kaiju are now policing the street, but we're not fixing the coastline. You say that, but it's also a matter Kaiju Jaegers are defending the... I know what you meant, but like you say that, but it's also America, and we see how great America <laughs> is at handling. You have you, you see how great well, America is at handling. Uh, I believe I believe it was Japan because they end up going to uh, Mount. Um, is it Mount Fuji? I don't remember. It, but... No, that's later on. That's later on in the movie. They have to travel across the ocean from California to get to Mount. Is Fuji. that what it is? Okay, yeah. regardless, California. 
should be what much better put together, you know? <laughs> Again, you say that, but America, America is garbage, and I think they're just playing off of that. Look, they right, shouldn't. I've got one last complaint before we get to scrapping or tweaking. The fact that Charlie Day is the bad guy because he is in love with a kaiju ass brain. That's the only part of the movie that makes sense. <laughs> it's such sloppy writing that you couldn't come up with a villain. It, I liked the idea that he was impacted and infested by the kaiju because of this neural link that never should have happened. I like but the, the first fact movie. he had a romantic relationship with himself and his brain and clearly made love like Demolition Man and Sylvester Stallone in 2000 where they put on the head thing and that's how they have intercourse in the future. What sloppy ass writer? Like who in the writers room like guys 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 I got this. I got this. I got this. When he masturbates He's masturbating with the kaiju, and so the kaiju's manipulating him by se- like. What? Cyber, cyber porn with Godzilla. Let me let me go <laughs> ahead and do you one better. What writing team looked at Charlie Day and was like, you know who could play a real good villain? Charlie <laughs> Motherfucking Day. No, and that's that's exactly why it makes sense to me. Jeff Goldblum. I want to change it. Don't get me wrong. As a whole, it's bonkers. But Jeff Goldblum, right? Yeah, well, we'll get to that. We will get to that. Do not ruin my my pedestal later on. But no, like the fact that they were, I feel like they must have picked Charlie Day as the antagonist early on. And the writers were just like, well, okay, how do we make this make sense? And the only thing they could think of because it's Charlie Day was obviously he falls in love with a kaiju and himself at the same time. It was such forced comedy in a way that it didn't need to be. They're like, it's okay to add that comic lightheartedness to such serious films to give you a piece of calm, or like that moment of calm for a second before you get into the next serious situation. Because otherwise, it all bogs together and you don't have the emotional roller coaster you need for a good film. But this was such poor comic droppings. It didn't like... What everybody wanted in this film and why this film scored 81% on user appreciation was because you got to see mechs fight. You got to see giant robots going to blows with each other. Yeah, that's, that's what they great. wanted. It's okay. If you're going to make an action film about giant robots fighting giant robots or fighting giant monsters, give us that. We don't need the story. We want to see big robots go punch, punch. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, so. Well, I think we could go out and get onto the fixing first. Um, Charlie Day ha- didn't mind meld with the kaiju by himself, if I remember right. Wasn't there two of them that did that? Right, and Ron Perlman did it. So there are three people that did it. Can I just go ahead and say that the other two would have made better villains? As actors, I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to shit on Charlie Day. I love Charlie Day. Charlie oh, Day is hysterical. He's great, but right, he's one right. tone. He's, not he's a one tone. Character. No, and thinking Ron Perlman like, would have been great. Don't kill him off. Make the connection when the small infant kaiju gets birthed on Earth. Which, first off, side tangent. You know, somebody in 2020 would say that kaiju had birth rights and never should have been killed. But that's a separate conversation to be had (laughs) 
It's an Earthling. It had basic human rights. It should not have been. I think that goes out the Shut window when there's a giant monster. Um, so let's 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 fix the film, and I think we need to agree All first right. and foremost. Are I we scrapping it? Or, oh, you, you got a pitch? I was. I, are, are we scrapping or fixing? I I I think if you guys like my pitch, I think we can fix this. Okay, but maybe. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not married to this idea, so I'm okay with scrapping. Okay. All right. So here's my pitch. We scrap John Boyega's backstory in the intro. Throw it away. Get rid of it. We can keep the idea of him being a teacher for this next-gen Jaeger. That's cool. That's great. But we can keep that. So here's what we do. We take Scott Eastwood and John Boyega and make them the teachers of the new Jaeger suit. Hold on. I have one more complaint. The fact that they say... Children make better uplinks because of connections makes no sense. The human brain is not fully developed until the age of 25. They don't have life experience yet. So for you to tell me prepubescent teenagers are the best use of Jaeger controllers doesn't make any sense. I will go devil's advocate. I do devil's advocate here on this if you weren't going to, Jordan. Well, yeah, I think unless I'm mistaken i think they were just saying that it works better if you start them at a young age building those connections from that age into jaeger pilots it's kind of the whole idea of like similar to jedi where if you take them too late they can't create that kind of they can't meld their mind well enough to i will accept that i could have been too angry watching the film and I, assume that's not what they were doing. And I could be wrong, but I think that that's what they were going for, is that children, like, taking them at the age of, of teenagers, young teenagers especially, and molding them into Jaeger pilots is the best way to do it because then they build those connections, they can trust any of those pilots in the same group, and they can be interchangeable pilots with each other. I, I would accept that. Maybe I may have went into that too angry and just got... Anyways, back to the pitch. So we keep Scott Eastwood and John Boyega, and we make them the teachers of these next-gen Jaeger fighters. And I liked the idea of this these sentient drone Jaegers being infested by the kaiju, but just give us more of that. We deploy those sooner. You see the Jaeger fighters getting restless, like, we just got put out of jobs by automation. Like, they can't do what we're doing. Give us more Jaeger fights to begin with because it was a lot of fun to see Jaegers going blow to blow. That was so awesome to watch them toe to toe fighting each other. And we got two fights of them and that was it before we get to the fights with the Kaiju. Keep the implemented that they've all been infested in this billion dollar conglomerate messed up. Keep that. We can still keep... Really, that's it. You just scrap John Boyega's backstory in the intro and give us more Jaeger fights. That's my pitch. Okay, I do like that pitch, and I think if you're okay with me like going a little bit further into it, I think we yeah. actually could do this. Yeah. So, let's say we're 10 years later. We, as a society... I do have one question. Yeah, go for it. I thought they blew up the Jaeger universe, or the, the Kaiju universe. How they did the Kaiju come They blew up back? the link. They, like, that oh, so it was just a link that was yeah that wormhole that was where they came out they okay. they they split the they split the connection yeah um, okay okay so I like that and let, let let's go this route it's ten years later all these people have these awesome giant mechs and all this like technology and we need to find a way to spark the economy again right 
What if we use them to box each other? What if we use them to box each other? And what if we sponsor that? Okay, so why are we not just like, oh, I hey. feel like there's a good actor we could pull in for this. Hugh Jackman? I'm thinking Hugh Jackman. I think Hugh Jackman would be great for this idea. We're just going real steel all the way. Well, okay, but here's the thing. You have this technology. Why would we not go that route? Why would we not go like, okay, here's the, like, now we're sponsoring it and we've got this kid who like, brought in their own like mech and they're fighting and they're scrapping and like they, they see potential and john boyega and like the military is still like policing with these things and they're like hey like fight for this you're team. right though but to say that the only jaegers would be military involvement at that point in time would make sense. somebody with money would have a personal jaeger right so let's talk about this now now we've got like a huge sport going on and everybody's doing it but then this one company is like, we can make them stronger. We could give ourselves the competitive edge. We could be the king of the Jaegers. What if we mix kaiju to make them even stronger? And yes. then they get things got a hand. And then the Jaegers get overtaken by the kaiju. And they've accidentally recreated kaiju because that's what they've wanted all along. And they didn't realize it. I think that process is still really good. It still works. I wouldn't make it so weirdly sexual. But I think it's, it's all there. They have the pieces. They're just not working them right. Yes. No, and then... Building off of that, we would get to see Jaegers that aren't so. Already, what's that? I said I know. I know where you're going with this already. We wouldn't see like we would get to see Jaegers that are so personalized to each person, and get to see such customized Jaegers that it would be like building off of the first one. Yeah, it was the spectacle was giant monsters versus giant robots, but now we get to one up that and see giant robots as completely unique individuals instead of just giant robots as a whole. And that's such a valid point because between both films, they they subtly emphasize that each Jaeger is individual. Like you've got the three-arm Jaeger, you've got the old school like ultra power, like the Russian duo that was just like that first gen Jaeger that was just that big brick shit house. Um, and so, like, you, they touched on it briefly that these Jaegers are all individual. But like, you're 100% right, Jordan. Like, to actually add that extra step where you're seeing these users make the Jaeger their own and how they would differentiate between each other and seeing them go toe-to-toe. It would like, be amazing. Yeah, like, that's the cool, that's the really cool thing about mech fights for me is seeing the customization between different mechs rather than just, oh, this one's bulkier and it has a different weapon. This one's faster and it has a different weapon. And that's it. And um, if we could just take a page, best best mech fight I think I've ever seen in a movie was during um, Spy Kids 3. Um, <laughs> when Juni Cortez has his yellow mech and they go like fighting and those numbers start going down best mech fight ever and it was in 3D we probably need that again yeah. uh, so if you guys don't mind I I think I'm going to stick with one of your two pitches and argue between those two but just for the sake of giving it uh, my pitch is um Instead of live action, we make it animated. God. <laughs> and instead of a movie, we make it a TV series. And instead of one series, we make it like 50 million. And instead of calling them Jaegers, we call them Gundam. Can I, can I tweak that a little bit? 
Go uh, for one it. moment, Jordan. You have mentioned this in every episode. You must find a way to mention this in every episode from here on out. It oh, is 100%. now a billboard staple, and if you don't do it, I'm kicking you off the show. That's fine. I accept these terms. So I like the idea of having a bunch of series and stuff like that. But what if we brought it down? Let's make it live action again, and let's let's rip off um, some Japanese series. And we're white watching the cat. Right. Yes, and then it's like five Jaegers that become one Jaeger that fight these new ka- kaiju that are brought on by some mystical force. And um, each Jaeger is based off of an animal, specifically or, prehistoric times. Yeah, or and what if we could fuse them? Exactly, and they'd make some kind of like Mega Jaeger or um, Mega Zord. Yeah, <laughs> weird. We're jo- we are joking about this, but actually one thing that I do want to throw in is like, I know, I know we talked about this before, and I know that some people have negative opinions about the uh, super kaiju at the end. And I honestly do think that that was a really fun, maybe not good writing, but a fun way to step up, like kick it up a notch. But that's um, the thing we got to emphasize. In these types of action films, we don't need good writing. Right. And I do you think can have bad writing and still have a good film. Real yes. steel. And I do think like if they wanted to stick with that kicking it up a notch with the Jaegers by fusing three together into one mega Jaeger, or sorry, not Jaeger, uh, Kaiju, other way around. Kaiju. If they wanted to fuse those three Kaiju into one mega Kaiju, why not do the same thing with the Jaegers? Right. And that's because- the thing. And building off of your previous comment about if you take these kids at a younger age, they're more likely to be able to work well with each other that same logic would allow these Jaegers to be able to morph together and all of these Jaeger pilots being able to work together to control this mega Jaeger. And that's where, for my serious pitch, I do think if we had focused a bit more on, okay, well, now there's no more kaiju, so Jaegers can be piloted by individuals because they don't need to be so big. And that's where we come in with like, okay, well, each if each Jaeger is piloted by an individual, when a kaiju does come along, well, now we can just fuse two together. And it's never been done with more than two Jaegers at a time. And that's where we get the big, re- the big reveal at the end or the big, like the climax at the end fight where like, well, it's never been done with more than w- between two Jaegers at a time. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to do it with five. I like this idea, but I have one requirement. Go for it. I want a casualty counter in the bottom right corner of the film. So every time they take out a building, I want that counter to skyrocket. No, but they're all in downtown Tokyo and we are wrecking shop. But they want to know the liability involved with these Jaegers. <laughs> they already the governmental payout is. So they already said that all the people are in underground bunkers, so it's okay. <laughs> Okay, so with that fusion thing, I do want to tap on that because we could really use this. What if this girl wasn't the only one that could single Jaeger? Maybe they're creating single Jaegers to fight, but there's an ability that you could like combine in so two people come and then like the metal like molds together and you now have an ultra unique Jaeger every time. So think about like any two Jaegers, as long as they're mentally compatible, which you'd have teams. Think of like any yeah. of these two Jaegers okay. could come together. Maybe you do work on a squad of five. So ev- like there's what? Multiple so you combinations. Still have smaller Jaegers because they're individually piloted, but because it's a team, 
you can have two, three, four, right. or you can go all five. And it, maybe you fight in doubles, maybe you fight in triples, and then eventually the final fight, if you make it to the end, is you guys have to work synchronous. Like, you have to sync up five people, which will be very difficult. And then yep. you have to fight the best with this ultra mech. And, like, hopefully your sponsors have put in enough money to make this work well. <laughs> also, you're going to see, like, Mountain Dew on the chest and stuff like that, which I think is really funny. Um, and cool. <laughs> as long as fighting. it's not so bad product placement, it's like Krispy Kreme again in Power Rangers. I'm okay with No, no, no. With I don't it. want anything like that. I think, it, like, I don't want it to actually be, like, sponsorships, like, real sponsors. I think it would just be cool to have that, like, NASCAR-like sponsorship all over them. Because right. Jaegers have become something that's not to protect the Earth. It's now a sport. <laughs> You see the metal fusing together, but the logo does not fuse. It sits perfectly <laughs> on top of the two. Floats along like, yeah, floats along like the molten metal river <laughs> of the two Jaegers coming together and just floating along is the Mountain Dew sign. Oh, God. What was... There was this one thing where, like... Uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was on... Um like top gear where like the logo got like crushed together and it became something really stupid pieced together so like two very serious things break into like one really dumb thing um, i mean that's definitely a thing on that's definitely a thing on futurama where like this uh, oh yeah, the, like, yeah i can't remember the two different satellites but like the v chip satellite for from the 80s or whatever and like yeah. another one fused together to become the satellite v Giny. yeah <laughs> yeah i remember that and then it was like the censorship so it's coming to like censor the world yep yeah <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking of actually um so i think that'd be really funny um no i i think it's there like i i feel bad that like we basically just created a perfect film in like 28 minutes um <laughs> don't worry, like i shitted on this film a lot but like the film had the the structure it needed but when it got to the intricacy and looping that like bringing the story together they fumbled the ball so much like you had all the ingredients to make a great cake and you're like i'm gonna spice this up a little bit and then your cake didn't cook get cooked all the way through you poked the fork and it was still gooping like yeah this is done let's yeah so i i just so with everything that's been said so far we're kind of agreeing that like what we have here do we want to salvage it it is salvageable but do we want to salvage it i here's let, let, can i just pitch in like let's see if this is because it's not the same i still like the casting let's have john boyega have no relationship to idris elba correct let's have him wake. i'm not allowing i'll die on that hill we will not have that but it's i do like the idea free- Maybe he okay. Let's do this. Maybe he still was a military man. Maybe he. That's fine. We have him going in a in a Jaeger in a flashback going against Kaiju. We don't know it's a flashback, and then he like wakes up in a cold sweat, and then it's like because somebody's knocking on the door. It's like, hey, you're up. You know, like he's just sitting there resting, and then he gets into this like like NASCAR suit basically, and he goes <laughs> in and he's getting into a Jaeger, not for battles, but for sports, but he's still plagued by the whole like trauma of it. And then like, maybe it's his like last fight in and he, like he wins and he's like undefeated. And he's like, that's, that's going to be it for me. Like he's taking a toll. And they're like, look, we get the retiring, but we got all of these new like kids that want to get in on the sport and, like, he's got this mentality, like, he's still a war hero. Like, he's still a war veteran. Like, this is, 
this is this is I'm real for him. Kids. Right. I'm not gonna teach these kids. To them, they don't even know what they don't know what kaiju are. They're like 13. They were babies when this happened. Like they have no idea what these are. They're just using these as toys and like they're brats and they suck and they're annoying. They're teenagers That's with attitude. Um, <laughs> and he's like, We got these five teenagers. What if attitude. we give him a nickname? Zordon. <laughs> yeah. So he's teaching these kids like how to work together, but like not be too militaristic about it. And they're fighting and they're having a hard time syncing up and they're making the ugliest creations. I'm talking feet on the head. I don't know, but like <laughs> they're working as a team. Um, they're trying to recycle through. And then all the while this other team comes in, they get overtaken by the Kaiju and he's having like flashbacks. So he's like out of sync when they're trying to help. And they're like, we got to show that we could do this. And then boom, bam, they fight. And there's just a bunch of cool fight scenes going on constantly because I'm not going to make a good story for this. It doesn't need a good story. I'm not going to waste my time on a story. I think I've made enough story here. I don't need to go any further. A lot of fight scenes, a lot of training, big explosions, I'm going to basically Michael Bay this. We're so, putting a lot of money in the CGI. Yes. So I like this idea. Um, and here comes here comes the, the Jordanism of the week for this one. Instead of... Jeff Goldblum. Instead yes. of Jeff Goldblum, we have... What? Hold instead, on. Instead of him, we have the Jeff Goldblum-esque character because jeff goldblum at this point i love the guy but he is so overused lightly tread lightly he is so overused in so many movies at this point that i feel like using him again it's just it's playing into that typecast and it would lessen the castings it would fine it would lessen the impact of the character where i think that we could still have just as good of an actor in there with paul rubens the man who played Pee Wee Herman. Oh my God, I knew you were going to do this. We talked about it as a joke, and I was like, he's going to do it. But if we had Paul Rubens in there as the, uh, mainly as like the ringleader or the, uh, the, the ringmaster of these fights. You need somebody intimidating in that role. That man cannot play anything intimidating. No. It's like okay. making Charlie you know, a villain. No, he wouldn't necessarily be the villain. Just Pee Wee Herman as the ringmaster of the fight like the announcer the, yeah like the announcer like the the ring man for these these uh jaeger fights and he doesn't need to be anything more than just that he like can be an antagonist of sorts because if you haven't seen him as an antagonist he actually does a really good job of it yeah you should see him in a porn theater <laughs> <laughs> that's how cool enough <laughs> But no, you should see him in Blow because while Johnny Depp's fat suit in Blow left a lot to be wanted, um, Pee Wee Herman's character, sorry, Paul Rubin's character <laughs> in Blow was... He was in Mystery Men. I forgot oh, that. Yeah. He's no, he was lot. the sweet. But uh, no, I, I do think that adding Paul Rubin's in here as like the ringmaster for these Jaeger boxing matches would be fantastic. He would add that bit of flair that we could get with. Yes, we could get him get it with Jeff Goldblum, but I feel like using someone who's less expected would really make it shine. Mystery Men has a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. And as much as I love Mystery Men, it's one of my cult classic films. No. 
Um, no. I would absolutely not. Reel I, it back in. Let Reel me, it back in. Let me go ahead and say instead, let's do Lawrence Fishburne. Let's meet in the middle here. <laughs> okay. As the ringleader, because he can play a very good bad guy. He's an incredible yeah. bad guy, but he's also got really good showmanship. I think he's very talented. I would like I would believe him as being this over the top, like I'm trying to think of the exact movie that I'm thinking of where his showmanship is just like uh, uh John Wick? Yes. <laughs> the Matrix, yes. But no, there's like the one where he's very like um Boys uh, in the Hood? No, no. Oh my god, I can't think of it. <laughs> Better he's... yet, we meet in the middle with what we want and what they did, and instead of Charlie Day or Lawrence Fishburne, we just go <laughs> with Danny DeVito. <laughs> Playing as the penguin. <laughs> Um, and it's actually a Batman movie. <laughs> okay, what about no? Um, <laughs> what about Nicolas Cage? What if, what if we, we just make it a big O film? Good lord! All right, <laughs> all right, we've we've gotten off topic, but but you know what? I think the fans will agree that we've created a much better movie, and we barely said anything about it. That's how bad <laughs> that movie was. Like I said, you cut out the John Boyega backstory, cut the intro, give us more fights, and that's all we need. I think just cut the story, and I know it sounds bad for a movie, but like I think when a movie tries to take itself too seriously the way this movie did, like I think the first one having that really serious overtone worked really well. I think trying to match the second one with that same serious overtone when you've basically told me that kaijus can't exist anymore through that natural process, you've ruined yourself so do something more and like fun. i said they tried matching that serious undertone and then counteracting that with poorly executed over-the-top humor yeah yeah and i hated it and, and there was no good balance and i gotta be honest i thought the jaegers looked better than the kaiju so the kaiju all felt kind of one-toned to me like yeah, yeah. But the kaiju or the, the Jaegers so colorful. I, I couldn't differentiate the three of them. Exactly. But the Jaegers all have their own very distinct look identity. and identity. And I think with this one, like instead of trying to match three brownish black scaly things and throwing them together to one giant brownish blackish scaly and, and thing. Even in the first one, like the first Pacific Rim was shot in a dark film. Like it's a dark, it's a dark visual film. film. You could still identify the individuality between the kaiju because yep. they took on sea-like creatures attributes. Yep. And then you one. get to the sequel and it's all essentially just what it's what two cat fours and a cat five, but there's no, they're just monstrous creatures. There's no identity to them. And like the lighting was so much better in this one, in the sense that like they literally turned up the brightness. Yeah, um, literally. And so I could see more and I was like, boy, that really played against you. Didn't it? I did not need to see that. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I, I think less story, more fighting, better movie. Yep. Papa yep. John's. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think action movies are kind of a difficult thing to do because there's a lot of times action films, that's all we want is an action film. We don't need a whole lot to it. So I don't know like how often on Film Forge we'll do action films like this because it's it's not a very challenging thing to fix. 
when you simply want the one thing this film was intended for. Well, exactly. And let's go ahead and just let's say it like it is. I mean, if you want to talk about the probably the best action movie series to ever come out, you're looking at John Wick. And could you tell me the story other than there was a man whose dog died and he was going to like (laughs) get revenge for his dog? And I do know that there's more to it, but it's all... The story is it's told through action the action. Film. The story is told through the action, and like within his action, the story is kind of like lightly unfolding behind it. But when I watched him take a knife and stab it into that dude's head, and then beat the knife into his head in the third movie, coolest scene ever. I saw John Wick three with Jordan actually, yep. fantastic film. First John, I saw John. I watched the Mad Word. I watched three, two, one instead of one, two, three. But <laughs> it was still really good. And the, the yeah, it it didn't need. I didn't need to know anything about John Wick to find John Wick three to be one of the most enjoyable action movies I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Like realistically with action movies, you should, even if it's a series, if it's an action movie or a series, you should be able to watch them out of sequence without getting bogged up in the story and being confused at what's going on. Oh yeah. It was beautiful. And like, because otherwise then it's an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. If you're telling a story, tell a story. But with action movies, I don't think you need it. John Wick 3 is the perfect... John Wick is the perfect example of that. Pacific Rim could have been that. It could have been John Wick with giant mechs, yes. and it would have yeah. it would have done great. But they didn't, and in my opinion, it was a terrible film. Unfortunately, this is just another example of sequels that just shouldn't come to fruition. We There's some sequels that do better than the initial film, um, but a ninth... There's a lot of times that sequels, at the end of the day, it's, they ride the coattails of the success of a film. They bring in entirely different creators, different directors, different writers, and they try to reinvent the wheel for no reason, and then the sequel just falls short. National Treasure 2. <laughs> <laughs> Successful sequel? Home Alone 2. And, and you know, with that, I, I don't think it's going to get any better, in my opinion. But, you know, that's not my show. So if you want to wrap it up, we can. But I'm happy <laughs> to keep talking about this terrible film because the first one was amazing and the second one was dookie. No, like I said, um, this is this is going to be a shorter episode. Um, this was just something fun we wanted to do. Um, as we've made very clear, Four Geeks by Geeks and Film Forge have an unofficial official partnership. Um, so just we kind of try to... Um, mi- uh, match up our episode releases um, where if we're talking mechs on one end, we're going to talk mechs on the other end uh, just because that's we all are doing the same shows together. Um, that's the energy we're doing. That's what we've been watching. That's what we've been digesting media-wise. Um, and so that's once right now, that's kind of, that's kind of just how we're matching up. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've said what we need to say about this film. Um, we may it better and sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot and sometimes you really don't need an hour to make a better film so with that being said thank you for tuning in with film forge we will be coming back in two weeks uh with constantine uh the 2005 film with uh keanu reeves speak uh, of the after devil. go ahead bud well, just speak of the devil and he shall appear well we were talking <laughs> about john wick and all of a sudden we're doing keanu reeves and constantine <laughs> well what an interesting um, after segue that, um, a very christmas themed episode uh we are going to uh attempt to do a hallmark film um oh, which of everything that we have released thus far um romantic anything is i don't think any of our strong suits so speak for yourself very curious. I, 
ready, I'm ready to write my own Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> Very what? curious to see what we can come up with that. And then after that, uh, we are going to be doing the, um, oh God, Nicolas Cage's uh, newest film, Jiu-Jitsu, where, fun fact, he does no Jiu-Jitsu and fights with a sword, but we'll complain on that, uh, I believe, just after the new year. God, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, love stories. I've got a for for a Hallmark film. I've got an entire magazine of bullets straight through the heart, loaded with love. Actually, the oh Christmas man, maybe that I'm gonna be the outcast on my own show. Yeah, you know how many times I've watched Scott Pilgrim? That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. With that being said, thank you once again for tuning in to Film Forge. As always, I am T. I'm Jeff Sitz, and I'm PK. All right, and cut.